0: Could unforgiveness become a prison for you? Real life starts now.
1: Welcome to Real Life with evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm
0: your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, evangelist Ann Lay.
2: Later in the show, you'll hear from Joshua Berglund, who's on our previous show. He lived a reckless life and later realized his way of living was linked to unforgiveness.
0: It's such a powerful thing to be able to forgive and to move forward in life. And I know that when I've had anger, frustration in my heart and bitterness, it was really hard for me to focus on other things. And it's very consuming. It's almost like having a disability in your life. You know, if you're a good bowler, let's say your arm gets broken, you can't really use it. That's how it is with unforgiveness. When you're trying to do something and accomplish something in life, but you're holding on to this unforgiveness, you can't walk straight. You Mm -hmm. can't do things the way you normally would. You can't love the way you should.
2: No, I think that's true. I know that's true. But in the midst of it, when someone hurts you or offends you, sometimes we think, uh-uh, I'm not going to forgive this person. Mm-hmm. I am not going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. We can get to that point. And we think that somehow that's going to bring a prison over them, the person that hurt us. Right? We think, you know, if I don't forgive them, that's going to somehow put the bars around them. It's going to restrain them somehow. Right. But the truth is according to the Bible, it's only going to imprison yourself. Hmm. You're the one who's going to end up being trapped in that unforgiveness. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, Jesus says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, in this word, Jesus reveals that if we don't let that forgiveness flow, then we can never receive it. Mm -hmm. And so we end up in the prison of our own unforgiveness because we can't even receive that forgiveness from God.
0: Mm -hmm. And if someone has hurt you or someone you love and you're having a hard time forgiving Ask the Lord to help you. Sometimes we have to go through these emotions and we say, Lord, I can't forgive, but help me to do this. Help me to see this person the way you see them. And he will help you and give you the tools to do it. Let's hear from Joshua Berglund after the break.
1: Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. God bless.
0: Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. Joining us once again is Joshua Berglin, and he's been sharing with us how he went through some really hard times growing up. In fact, his half-sisters left when he was seven years old. He got molested by two older men, and then later his father started to physically abuse him. Joshua started to act out. He was angry. He used sports as an outlet, but that didn't quite work. So he went to drugs and became sexually promiscuous. He had horrific night terrors and nothing seemed to fill the void for him. And we were talking to him about how he even got married and we're going to find out more on the show. Joshua, welcome to the show.
1: Hey guys, how are you?
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us once again. And so I understand that you had a great career and you ended up getting married But you were still being promiscuous and on drugs. Tell me what happened after you got married.
1: Well, I thought that being married was going to change me. I thought that, oh, I found out I have a three-year-old daughter. I'm like, okay, well, I left Boca Raton, Florida, came back to Oklahoma. And, you know, I thought marriage was going to be this thing that changed me. And it did for about a couple of months, but the urges of acting out, seeing massage girls, seeing escorts, you know, using cocaine all of that, I couldn't fight that demon. Of course, I didn't know it was a demon at the time. I just thought this is the life I needed and wanted, and this is what made me feel better. So my double life started before then, but it got really, really dark and crazy during my first marriage.
0: Mm. And then you ended up getting a divorce and you started to go through something where it was like jail hopping because you were going there often. Tell me about that.
1: Well, the first time I went to jail, I was married. I got arrested with what I thought was a massage girl, but it ended up being a police officer. Uh. That was the first time. And then I went to jail again for a DUI that happened after going to rehab. Like, I just quit coming home. It got to the point where I would just stay up all night. I was doing cocaine at my office and, you know, doing whatever. And it finally got to a breaking point where I was like, okay, you know what? You're going to rehab. So I went to rehab, which ended up being like vacation for me. It was great because I was away from everything and I was around people that were like me. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is great. I want to stay here forever. <laughs>
2: but mm-hmm.
1: As soon as I got out, like I wasn't there to be sober. I didn't care about being sober. I was there to get away from everything. And sure enough, I went out one night. You know, having too much to drink and ended up in jail again. Mm. And then, of course, there were four more jail visits right after that.
0: Wow. And in the midst of this, you were doing meth. You were still having sex with different people and you ended up finding out you had HIV.
1: Well, that's fast forward a few years. I got married again. I had said, like, hey, I want this kind of life and I want to have a relationship where we bring other men in and we're partying together and she accepted me for it. And so if you accepted me, for all of my demons. Then I I was like, Oh, I'm going to love you forever. Mm. And then she decided, well, I don't want that life anymore. I love you too much for it. And so I was like, well, you know what? That doesn't work for me. So I started living a double life again. And that got to a breaking point. She found out and we got divorced. It was after that divorce that I ran into somebody that I dated right before I had married that girl. Mm. she and i became really really good friends and she accepted all of me and because of that we started doing cocaine virtually all the time three four days a week Uh a tremendous amount of cocaine i'm talking about doing a lot like we were living that life the life that i thought i wanted to live doing drugs partying being promiscuous together and all of a sudden Everything came crashing down in a series of things. Of one, she found out I cheated when I was in New York City. The combination of that, and then me finding out about having HIV, it all kind of hit at one time. Um. Now, we stayed together. But unfortunately, two of the other times that I went to jail were because her and I were both fighting mm-hmm. high on cocaine, you know, drinking bottles of tequila. We getting these fights. You know, one of the times we both went to jail together, the cops had been out there multiple times. So honestly, should have been in jail more times than I was and oh. technically should still be in jail. Wow. But I started abusing meth and cocaine, ended up homeless. But it was after being homeless, getting a job, making more money to celebrate, we decide, hey, you know what? Let's do some cocaine and drink right after everything else. After being homeless, after losing everything, (laughs) Uh why don't we just go right back to what we were doing that caused the problem to begin with? Mm. So we end up getting in a fight that night. We both went to jail and I'm looking at five years in jail because of this fight. And it was the most miserable experience of my life. And as soon as I get to jail, I immediately get this thought, Tell them you have HIV. That's gonna give you special privileges. Well, you know what? It didn't exactly give me special privileges. It got me put in isolation. I'm pretty confident that I was in the psych ward in LA County jail because of the people that were next to me. I couldn't see them, but I sure as heck could hear them.
0: Yeah. You were hearing these evil screams, or it felt evil to you. And you're like, oh my gosh, people were screaming out loud and you felt taunted. And like, what am I doing here? It was a scary moment for you. And so when you saw the You asked him for something.
1: Oh, so yeah, I already have sensory issues anyway. And that's just because a lot of people that deal with trauma have sensory issues. for so loud noises, screaming, shrieking, like it just feels crippling to my body. Mm. So here I am Mm. hearing these maddening screams and it was demonic. It was absolutely insane. And I can't distract myself. I'd sobered up at this point. It's the second day I'm there. What am I going to do? Oh, give me something to read. Give me something to read. And they wouldn't give me anything to read. And finally, like, I don't know how much time went by. It felt like hours, of course. And I go, aha, you have to give me a Bible. I think I saw it in some prison show or something. Well, sure enough, they had to give me a Bible. And I got the Bible and I'm reading the Bible for the first time. And I'm going, none of this makes sense. I'm reading Genesis. I'm like, what? What? No, this is not helping. And I keep reading. Then I go to Proverbs and I'm reading it. And I'm just going, oh my gosh, I'm doing that wrong. I'm doing that wrong. Oh, well, I'm really doing that wrong. Mm. And I finish Proverbs. I go to Psalms and I'm reading Psalms. I go back to Proverbs. And then for some reason, like I'm starting to go, golly, I really messed this up what have I done with my life? Like I've wasted every opportunity you can imagine. I've blown it all. Mm. And all of a sudden, I remember my friend who I'd been arrested with in high school, partied with, and now he has a church in Oklahoma City or Yukon, Oklahoma called Good Fight Ministries. And so I remember him and I go, oh, I'm gonna read John. Mm. I read John and all of a sudden I was like, oh, you did this for me. Wow. Oh, wow. And I'm like, God, What have I done? Mm. And then I got mad. Like, why won't you fix me? Mm. Why won't you change me? Why won't you fix me like everybody else? Uh You have to forgive your father.
0: Wow. So you're telling me you heard a voice at that moment when you were yelling.
1: Oh, I heard it. I heard it. Like I didn't hear it through my ears. I heard it through my brain, my legs, my hands, my feet, my soul. It like vibrated through my spine And it was like altering my DNA because I could feel it to my fingertips, my hand. I'm shaking as I'm telling you this. And I said, how in the beep am I supposed to do that? And he said, it happened to him too.
0: Mm. And
1: all of a sudden I realized that not only had I become my father, I was about 10 times worse. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. How powerful that you found out that you were just like your father. And we're going to pray for those who are hurting as you were. And maybe God is trying to speak to them right now that they'll take a look on the inside. Thank you so much. We'll have you back on our next show, Joshua.
2: Thank you very much. You know, I really love the part where he cried out to God and he said, God, why don't you fix me? And there's so many who may be listening saying, I feel that way too. I feel like I need to be fixed. How do you get to the point where God will fix you? And you have to have a moment, a real moment where you encounter him and you just say, God, I now allow you to fix me. I surrender my life to you. Because we can believe, we can go to church, we can do these things. But until you have that moment where you say, God, I surrender. I'm going to get up on the surgery table and I'm going to let you spiritually fix me all of those problems, and let the old be pushed away, and let the new to come. I ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, we just ask for this right now, for the newness to come into our lives. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' mighty name.
0: Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.